invite their friends into your family circles. Yeah. You know, invite their friends to come with you to the to the park when your family's going to the park. Invite their friends. Be the house. It's mm-hmm. back in the day we used to call it, like you, you want to be the Kool Aid house. Yeah. <laughs> back in the old commercials where mom's out there pouring yeah, buckets yeah. of Kool Aid to all the neighborhood kids. Yeah. You want to be the Kool Aid house where all mm-hmm. the kids come to you so that you can kind of see. Parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents Podcast, a Saddleback Parents Podcast, has arrived. And we're here to help you win at parenting. As parents ourselves, we know that parenting is the toughest, most important job on the planet. You can't possibly do it alone. And now you don't have to, because we're your people. Connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, visiting us at onpurposeparents.com, and tuning in every Wednesday with Kurt, Grace, and Chris for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On Purpose Parents. I'm Kurt Johnson. I'm the next-gen pastor at Saddleback Church. And as always, I'm here with Grace Yoon. Hi, everyone. So glad to be here again. And producer Chris. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, oh wow. he's in a good mood today. Producer Chris coming in with a he's yeah, baby. Happy. That almost sound like a yogi bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Yo, yo, baby. Is that what you the were going average for? average bear. <laughs> oh, wow. How about that? That's good. Do you do impersonations? No, I, that I was a pretty impressive. latchkey kid growing up, yeah, so I, I sat too. and watched a lot. I was cartoons. Too. Oh wow! So you're watching Yogi Bear. I was watching Bonanza. I was watching Teenage Mutant. You're, you're a lot younger than us, and you know Yogi Bear. I do know Yogi Bear. Wow! But I feel vaguely, yeah, like it's you know, yeah. You're on the you're you're on the tail end of the yes, Yogi yes. Bear. Yes, like I'm aware of yeah. Yogi right. Bear's existence. Right. <laughs> well, hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, you're having a great 2023. It's yep. off and running. We're a full month into it. By now, 2023 fits like a nice pair of shoes. <laughs> I hope. I hope it fits like a Weird nice pair of shoes hope. for everybody. Um, if you have not yet caught up, this is only episode three. So, and and it's not like these are th- th- these podcasts don't build on each other. So, right. there's really no need to catch up. But if you're new to the podcast, you can go back and just listen to the first two episodes. We talk a little bit more about who we are and yeah. all that good stuff and our marriages and how many kids we have, all that good <laughs> stuff. I think it's in episode one today. Now, this is pretty early in a podcast run to take a little break. But we're going to take a little break and focus on some questions Yeah, because we surveyed a whole bunch of parents at our church. So this is a, it's a large sample of parents, but from a small area, if that yeah. makes sense. So it's, yep. it's just parents from our church that we sampled in Southern California. Um, not, you know, it's not this widespread right. surveyed, but we had a lot of responses and we took probably the, I don't know, the four or five sort of top questions. They, yeah. they, they came in different, they came phrased different ways, but Chris, you did a great job of kind of saying, okay, they might've asked the question three different ways. This is kind of the question they're asking. And these yeah. are sort of like the top five. Yep. Um, and by the way, producer Chris, I can't re- never remember our email address. What's our email address? Parents at saddleback.com. How, how do I not remember that? <laughs> it's like, that's the easiest email it's address. It's like ever. right there, parents. Parents at Saddleback.com. All you need to remember is the word parents. All you got to remember is the word parents <laughs> at Saddleback.com. But we would love to always get as many questions or suggestions for show topics, parents, as you would like to give us. So just shoot us an email 
um, at Saddleback at Parent. No. No, no. What is it? Parents. <laughs> yes. At Saddleback.com. Gosh, that's so easy. <laughs> it's parents. the easiest things it's that are so the hardest sometimes, parents right? Parents at Saddleback.com to email us your questions. And yeah. every three or four or five mm-hmm. episodes, we'll take a pause and we'll focus on some of your felt needs as parents out there. And just a reminder, as always, this whole podcast is mm-hmm. dedicated to what we've decided. And it's there's lots of ways to raise kids. There's lots of goals out there for parenting. But we've decided that for the sake of this conversation that we're leading, um, the goal of parenting is to raise interdependent, lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. Beautiful. And so our conversation may not always directly revolve around that, but that's the end goal. Yeah. That's the end goal. And some of you might be wondering, gosh, last week, you guys, last episode, you guys just kind of touched on mm-hmm. the the roles and goals and ages and stages. When are we going to get back to that? We're, we're going to jump back into that in a couple episodes and yeah. spend a little bit more time diving yeah. into that. Yeah. And all of those concepts that we've talked about in the first couple podcasts will be trickled in throughout everything that we talk about. Um, and we really do are excited about Q&A episodes because like we said in previous um, podcast episodes, just the two that we've had so far is we want to be a community with you all. It's not just about me and Kurt and Chris sitting around chatting, but we want to hear from you. We want to know what's really going on in your life and what do you want to talk about and what do you want us to talk about? So excited about this because we get to kind of dive into that topic. Yeah. Okay. So producer Chris, great. why don't you just start rolling into questions? So we've not really, I mean, we've looked at these, but we've not spent a ton of time. That way we can kind of just shoot from the hip a little bit. Yeah. Th- this is a fantastic question. Hey. Probably one of the most important questions wow. of all parenting questions. Look at the setup. It's all downhill from here. Wait you here. <laughs> What's the best parenting advice you've ever heard? Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Grace, why don't you jump in on that? All right. Okay, I'll kick it off. So normally I have a lot of trouble whenever there's a question about like the best because I'm always like, everything is so good. But one advice that I think really sticks out to me in my current life or current stage with my kids right now when they're 10 and 7 years old is actually from my husband, my husband, Sam. After he read this book, Raising Emotionally Healthy Child Mm. or Raising an Emotionally Healthy Child by John Gottman, it spurred a lot of conversations between us. And one of the things I took away from those conversations is that validating and labeling a child's feeling is so powerful in building intimacy and just a lot of positive domino effects. And the key thing here is that is not the same thing as coddling them or condoning bad behavior. Mm -hmm. So let me break that down a bit in how it's been relevant in my life. So let's just say my seven-year-old daughter, this is not a hypothetical, but (laughs) uh, let's just say my seven, I walk by the room and I see my seven-year-old daughter throwing a toy at her 10-year-old sister. And, you know, the 10-year-old sister obviously is upset, says, oh, and then they start like kind of shouting at each other and arguing. My first inclination is to be like, Zoe, you do not do that. You do not throw a toy at some. I, I don't care what the re- I don't care what you're feeling. I don't care what the reasoning is. Um, you don't do that. Like you could hurt someone. Like that is not acceptable. And if someone were to come to me in that moment and say, "Grace, but how is Zoe feeling? Like what what's her? Where is she coming from?" As a parent that you know is conscious about wanting to raise a responsible child, I would be like, "Well, maybe that doesn't matter as much." Like. 
I, I would be yeah. tempted to think that. I don't care where it's coming yeah. from. I just don't want her to throw toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so I think there was a very strong tendency for me to link those two together, that if we don't approve of the behavior, we can't accept the feelings that's mm. behind that behavior. Yeah. Um, but this concept that Sam and I talked about, that validating a child's difficult emotions, you know, they have all these feelings, um, can be separated from teaching and lesson. So, for example, in that situation where Zoe throws that toy at Karis, um, for sure, I'm the parent, I can implement disciplines, we can talk about consequences, and I can do that. That's my job, that's my role as a parent. But I could also have a conversation with her where I fully lean into where she was feeling with Mm. empathy, and I have found that that has been just so transformational in so many interactions. So, for example... um, in this hypothetical, maybe not so hypothetical situation where I've talked to Zoe, she what I found out was they were drawing. Her and her big sister were drawing, and she looked over to her big sister Karis's picture, and it was so much better than hers. And she felt bad about it. She was like, man, my picture, my picture stinks. Right. And so she didn't want anyone to look at it. She's like, nobody look at my picture. But then Karis, of course, is like, if you tell someone, don't look at it, they're going to want to look at it. Right. So she like grabs the paper and looks at it. And then, of course, Zoe's like, ah. Oh, Like, I told you not to look at it through the toy. Now, previously, my response could have been, oh, Zoe, kind of dismissive of the feeling, like, logic it away. Of course, her picture is better than you. She has three years more experience than you. You shouldn't feel like that, Zoe. But telling a child what they shouldn't feel when they're actually feeling it doesn't work. Mm. And so, um, for me... mm -hmm. Sorry, or... I'm jumping in, but yeah, absolutely. You, you, got, you got my mind going. Yeah. Or expecting our children to process and emote the mm. way we as adults would process and emote. Right. She's processing and emoting the way a seven-year-old does. Yeah. Right? It's and, and it's different than how mom and dad do. Yeah. And as a parent, though, it's so hard because it makes so much sense to right. you. Like, oh, Zoe, that's... No, no, no. You shouldn't feel like that. Don't feel like that. It's okay. And I, I thought that was like encouraging like of course she's better than you you know but instead now one of the things that you know I remind myself to do and it's made a huge difference is you know I could respond something like oh wow Zoe that's such a terrible feeling I'm so sorry like it feels really bad when we feel like we're not good enough Mm. and it makes us want to hide right It, it makes you maybe feel embarrassed and and it's also not a good feeling when someone does something you don't want them to do and, you know, kind of highlights the thing that right. makes you feel embarrassed. Right. So giving them words, giving them labels. And, and usually what will happen is she's my big feeler. She'll run into my arms and we'll kind of hug and stay in that feeling for a bit. And then we can have a really productive conversation right. um, about like better thoughts that she might be able to have or new thoughts that she could have about the situation and or better behavioral decisions right. she could right. make. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I don't hear you saying, hey, you don't have tough conversations. Hey, there's no consequences ever for throwing your toys. Right. You're not saying that. You're saying don't maybe maybe you don't lead with that, mm-hmm. right? And you and you give them an opportunity to express how they're feeling. You, avali- you validate why they're feeling or why they might be feeling that way. Yeah. And at some point you might say, well... When you're when you feel embarrassed or when you feel like you're not good enough, what might be another way to respond yes. other than throwing your yes. toy, right? And so it's it's you're still the bar is the same. Yep. The bar right. is the same. It's not good to throw your toys. How you are helping your child mm-hmm. get to that conclusion yes. 
is what you're suggesting maybe is a different path. Yeah, the delivery, the, the package, delivery, yeah. but also feeling accepted right. in where they're yeah, at. That's yeah, good. that's good. Wow. Okay, so that's really like powerful and deep and <laughs> you got it from a book and it's changed, it's changed your parenting. My, yes. Mine are, mine are a little bit different. Um, I, I wrote down two because one's real super quick and then I'll camp out on the other one for a second. But one of the best pieces of parenting advice I ever got was, I can't remember who it was that told me, but it was basically, Hey Kurt, just always remember this too shall pass. Mm, this too shall pass. Like whatever, whatever's going on in your kid's life, whatever you're frustrated about the struggles they're having, it's going to pass. Mm. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a phase, it's a stage. They won't always roll their eyes at you when you mm. ask them to do their chores. They won't always, you know, complain about their curfew. They won't, all, whatever mm -hmm. it is, right? Whatever it is that's really frustrating, this too shall pass. Yeah. So there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And so, you can say that. And I can, you have adult I can kids. say that because I have adult kids and I would say, yeah, you know, the, mm. there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes it's a little teeny, teeny pinpoint of light. <laughs> And sometimes it's it's pretty big, right? But mm. there's always light at the other end of the tunnel. This too shall pass. Mm. Um, the more I think profound and what I would say the more significant parenting advice I ever got because we we saw it completely change how we parented our younger son mm. um, as he was he was older. He was a teenager. But when my son was in high school, especially like his junior, senior year, he was really struggling academically mm. and didn't care. Like he, I mean, he didn't care. He wasn't bothered by it. He just, you know, everybody loved him. Everybody thought he was awesome. He's a great kid. He, he, he is a great kid. Academics, he could care less about. And I was really frustrated. I'm not, mm. I'm not a big academic, but you know, I think it kind of matters. Right. And, you want them to care. Yeah. I want yeah. them to care. Um, and so one of our church members owns this smoothie shop right down the street. And I used to go in there all the time and I was in there one day and he's a couple years older than I am. So he's a, at a different season of parenting, yeah. you know? And he comments, he goes, man, I sure do love seeing Cole's pictures on Instagram because my son, you know, liked, used to like to take pictures and um, still does. But, and he said, oh, I just love, he's such a, he's such a great kid. He's Aww. such a great kid. And then I made this kind of quick snarky remark. Oh, he is. If I could just get him to, to, you know, get better <laughs> grades. Yeah. And then he says, well, why? And I said, well, so he can graduate high school. Oh, well, why? And I said, well, <laughs> you know, so he can graduate from college someday. Well, why do you want him to graduate from college someday? And I said, I, I go, I don't know, Mike, so that he can be a contributing member of society. And then he pauses and he says, hey, Kurt, is there anything that Cole's passionate about? Huh? And I said, yeah, it's photography. And he goes, okay. He said, well, maybe instead of trying to light a fire where there isn't one, oh. what if you just pour gasoline on the fire. Mm. Why don't you just shift your focus? You're trying to pour gasoline on a fire that doesn't exist. Mm. Why don't you pour gasoline on the fire of his passions? Wow. And it was like this aha moment mm. of, oh my gosh. And so Rachel and I, we, we literally, we went and I talked to her about it and we prayed and we thought, and so we sat cold down. We said, Hey, here's the deal. We're, we're, we're done. We're done hounding you about your grades, your homework, yeah. your project. You're, you're going to do with school what you choose to do with school. Mm. It's on you. It's not, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not worried about it. Um, there's this thing called the law of natural consequences, which yeah. I'll probably refer to a bunch at some point, but that's on you. Yeah. And we said, our, our goal as parents is to help you win and help you get mm. to where you want to go in life. And so we basically told them, look, you know, we're, we're all about, 
if you love photography and all that, then, then we'll help you figure that out. And we just kind of shifted wow. our focus and started cheering him on with his photography and started, you know, bought paying for some of his equipment. Mm. And, and, you know, if you, if you fast forward, he did not grad, he dropped out of college mm-hmm. and now he is a motion graphic artist and does wedding photography awesome. and videos on the side and is very successful for a young man in his wheelhouse and probably would have gotten there yeah. with or without us pouring gas on it. Right. But what, what that did is it took so much of the pressure off. Mm. So parents do with that what you want, but I would just suggest, you know, thinking through and it's different at different ages mm. of how, how much pressure do you apply in the areas that you just kind of say, but they matter, mm. they matter regardless, they matter. Right. And how much pressure or gas, like where are you pouring your fuel mm. and what percentage of fuel are you pouring on what right. things I think is worth considering. Right. Cause I think we oftentimes just pour all the gas on grades yeah, or all the gas yes, on sports, right. right. Or all the gas on respect your sister. Don't throw toys. Right. And, we, and we, we, <laughs> we put all the gas on that, right. To, yeah. to try to like fix that or yeah. whatever it might be. Um, and maybe there's just a different way to think that through. That's awesome. Kurt, I, what was that one phrase that you said? Cause I want to make sure I get it in my head. It was so good. You're, it was like, why do we pour or try to light a fire? It doesn't exist. It exists instead of pouring gas on an existing fire. Oh, I love that. I just, I think there's a lot of truth to unpack there. And I, I I'll just respond and say, I do think there's a lot of pressure for parents to try to mold your kid into a certain kind of just kind of robotic right. image because that's kind of what we're told. That's what a successful kid is. Right. It's very hard to try to acknowledge your kids for their own uniqueness yeah. and their own unique passions. Oh that yeah. And where, and where it gets really like just super practical is, you know, maybe you're a dad who grew up playing sports mm-hmm. and your son, I'll just go to the classic. What I hear all the time is a youth <laughs> pastor your son is a gamer, right? <laughs> All your son wants to do is play video games. You you grew up playing sports. Mm. And so many dads, they waste time. And I actually mm. think they waste like relational equity, relational chips mm. by trying to get their kid into sports instead of saying, hey, you're really good at video games. Yeah. How about if I play a video game instead of let's go outside for a ca- instead of let's go outside for a catch. Yeah. Let me stay inside with you and play a video game. Yeah. That's right. Really I good. mean, the, the goal is time with your kid yeah so to do it in their world and the place where they're passionate versus trying to f- pour fire yeah or pour, pour gas on a fire that doesn't, doesn't exist, exist. Yeah. i okay. love that awesome we gotta move faster chris give us another one <laughs> that's great okay how do i help my kids choose good friends oh man oh man how about you kick off okay this one, well Kurt? how do you well man my first thought is that i think might be one of the more important questions mm. right because we all know how influential friendships yeah, are. Um, the old saying, if you want to see what your life's going to be like in five years, just look at who you're hanging out with now. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's probably not true with a, a four year old, but it's for sure true. Like with a 15 year old, mm-hmm. you want to know what your life's going to be like when you're 20, who are you hanging out with, with your, when you're 15, Yeah, you know, friendships are, are a really, really big deal. Um, he, here's, here's just a couple thoughts. These are just super practical. Um, when it comes to helping your kids make good friends, one is just to remember uh, for the most part, and unless you feel like you got to step in and not allow friendships, which mm-hmm. sometimes you have to do. Mm. Um, but for the most part, your kids are going to make friends with who they choose to make friends with. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, it, it's kind of, it's sort of like you can't stop love. Like they're going to, they're oh. going to, they're going to, they're going <laughs> to like the girl they like. Yeah. And you can, you, you, you how, how do you stop the love? Right. Yeah. Um, and friendships are kind of the same 
way mm-hmm. is they're going to become friends with who they become friends with. You can limit influence if you see things unhealthy, but, yeah. but how do you help? It, it kind of comes back to your, your conversation about the feelings mm-hmm. is one of the thoughts I have is just, um, talk, 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 mm. right? Like communication is the key to most parenting issues, mm. having open lines of communication, validating how they feel. I, one thing I love grace is if you're validating how they feel yeah. when they're seven years old yeah, and you're not judging them, you're not just punishing them. You're not just fixing the yeah. behavior, but you're validating, you're valuing as you're raising. Mm-hmm. Then by the time they're a little bit older and their friendship choices have oh. more consequence, they're probably more likely to engage in conversation with you about oh, it because you've always been a mom who talks to them. Yeah. Right. If you're an overreactive parent, yeah, then that shuts down communication. Mm. So in our youth That's ministry, we in our youth ministry, we have a saying, freak out on the inside, but stay calm on the outside. I think that's wonder. That might be the best parenting advice is, you know, freak out on the inside, stay calm on the outside. So even if you're super concerned about their friendship and you're freaking out their friendship choices on the inside, stay calm on the Mm. outside and help them process. So communicate, communicate, communicate. Some basic stuff would be invite their friends into your family circles You know, invite their friends to come with you to the to the park when your family's going to the park. Invite their friends. Be the house. It's mm-hmm. back in the day we used to call it like you, you want to be the Kool-Aid house. Yeah. <laughs> back in the old commercials where mom's out there pouring yeah, buckets yeah. of Kool-Aid to all the neighborhood kids. Yeah. You want to be the Kool-Aid house where mm-hmm. all the kids come to you so that you can kind of see. Yeah. Right? Um, sometimes we overreact. Mm. We 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 assume things about the kids because of what we've heard or the family they come mm. from. Sometimes we underreact and we assume the best when maybe we, maybe we shouldn't. Right. But you don't know unless you have proximity. So mm. be in proximity with your kids, friends. Um, mm, that's good. And, and ask your kids questions about their friends, mm. not in a, not in a, I don't trust you overbearing, but y- you know, when, um, the, one of the friends gets in trouble at school, Hey, talk to me about that. What yeah. was the choice they made that got them in trouble at school? How would you have responded? Mm. What, what are you doing to, to, to encourage your friend? It's, going through a tough yeah. time. Um, hey, are there, are, this is what I've seen in your friendships. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. Hey, I see this behavior that that's, that's not super awesome. Mm. When, when the two of you are together, am I missing something? Yeah. Help me figure that out. Just being in open lines of communication. And I think talking to them about, Hey, here's, here's what to look for in a friendship. Mm-hmm. Like don't, mm-hmm. don't leave it totally to chance. Give them some good input. Hey, here's the things I think are important in a friendship for you to, to yeah. for you to consider. Yeah. I love that. I love the, what you said or how you just modeled for us asking those questions to your kids, because even what I felt kind of imagining being like your kid, it, it makes me think for myself what did I think about that? Like when my friend was mean to another friend, it's like, instead of you coming in and just saying, no, that person's a bad person, don't hang out with them. And, and then it's not really my own thinking. It's like you're questioning that communication piece that yeah. you're talking about is drawing from me like, oh, well, what is my own opinion about this? Right. Like, is this like what I want? Is this how I want to behave? Is right. this the type of friends I want to associate with? And yep. starting to think, so that's really good. That's all great. I think the only thing I would add to this one is, um, something that might seem a little counterintuitive is that if you are worried or focused about um, your friends choosing good friends, and this is maybe for the younger kids or parents with younger kids, is is to not worry so much about pushing your kids out 
and making friends and being out there as much as teaching them these relationship skills inside the house. Mm. You know, um, I, I do think that the home is where they learn all these skills. It's not really outside the house. I mean, the home is the best place, the safe place you can practice. And if they have siblings, that's a really great, um, you know, opportunity. But even if they don't have siblings between the parent and the child, you know, listening, um, being patient, taking turns, you know, learning to forgive each other, saying sorry from the parent to the kid, the Mm. kid to the parent, like all those things are really um, positive things that you could teach inside the house. And if you are very specific about affirming positive relationship values, like you said, I think it all goes back to Kurt, the communication piece um, and actually verbalizing affirmations of things that you value in relationships. Your kids, I believe, will have more uh, inclination to value that as well. So like being direct, like, thank you so much. I really appreciated how you listened to me so well there. Or thanks for, you know, helping me clean up or Thanks for being patient with me here. I was feeling a little tired and, you know, wasn't in a great mood or just kind of um, affirming those positive values in relationships because what you affirm is, I think, what grows. Mm. And so um, not being so worried about, oh, my gosh, I need to make sure my friend is like the, my kid is the most popular and right. makes all these friends and has right. all these play dates early on when they're young. I think you can keep yep. them close to the house and and really yep, be intentional. One, one real practical thought, parents, is, and, and again, this might be a little bit more practical when your students maybe when your child's maybe in middle school or older. Yeah. But a cool exercise would be like, get a, get a, get a sheet of paper and draw three circles, kind of like a target. And the inner circle is just, is your core friends. Mm. The next circle is your close friends. The next circle is your casual friends. Yeah. And have them write the names, right? Of who, these are my casual, casual friends would be like kids you hang out with school. Maybe they're the friends on your sports team. Your close friends are the ones that you're spending a little bit more time with. You might, you might hang out at the movies or Mm -hmm. you might, you you might play video games online together, whatever. And then your core friends are like your buddies. Yeah. They're the ones who, if you can only have one or two kids over for a sleepover, that's who you're having. If you're only going to invite one or two kids to the birthday party, that's who they're inviting. These are their buddies. Yeah. Um, And then kind of talk through, well, what are the qualities of each? And, and the idea being the close, I think it's actually kind of healthy yeah. to have casual friends mm. who are very, very different mm. from us in lots of ways. Yeah. Our, our, our worldviews, our backgrounds, all of the things, mm-hmm. right? Because like kids who are in, in or, or maybe kids who are really struggling yeah. and they're far from healthy relationships. And in our context, we would say that maybe they're far from Jesus, right? Mm. Um, like you want your middle school daughter to have some casual friends because who's going to help those casual friendships Mm -hmm. like thrive. Right. right? Um, but the core friends, your closest buddies probably should be friends who share some commonalities and the things that are most important. That's good. You know, how, how, how do you feel about honesty and respecting our teachers at school and, and maybe, you know, even like faith and Jesus and like the, the the closer your friends are, the more important it is that there Mm. is some common ground and iron. The Bible calls it iron sharpening iron, Mm. right? Like Mm -hmm. how, how are you rubbing off on Mm -hmm. each other? Um, is is pretty important. The closer they, they, they get to you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. Those are, those are great. 
Okay, we've got another great question. What are some ways to get my child to talk with me? (laughs) Producer Chris, we haven't even let you answer a question. You're just sitting over there so diligently (laughs) waiting to read. Why don't you you give us, you've raised some great kids. My hunch is you're pretty communicative. That's a a very big word, and I said it properly. (laughs) Do you use your accents, you know, (laughs) to break the ice? Well, some, some ways to get my child to talk with me. Um, I need to be a better listener as a dad so that they would think that, and, and this is this has gone back so many years with mm. me, that I'm, I'm not the one who's doing the talking and sit down with them when I have something to say to them, but more open that, that uh, line of communication mm. where they'll just share with me their lives and, and I'll be able to, uh, you know, listen and ask good questions with that. But I think that... With me, I'm always looking for what's what's the best time that that uh, that would work out. Mm. What's the best way to to say it? What's the best thing to say, mm. right? And then just kind of looking at the place too and having conversations. So I would take my kids out one on one a lot, mm. and I think as you as you start doing things like that, they're going to be more apt to sharing with you when you're in the car when mm-hmm. you're at the game or, you know, things like yeah. that. So, um, my, my kids call me now, which is fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. they're all moved out of the house. You're and in such the, and you're in the consultant <laughs> stage yes. of parenting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And, and if you uh, don't know what Kurt is talking about, definitely check out, was it episode two? two. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then our, my son, Last night, just dropped by. You know, like he was, yeah. he was kind of in the area, and he just drove over and dropped by just, just to, just to talk and yeah. hang out. And that was cultivated since uh, they were younger, and just listening to them and uh, paying attention yeah. to them yeah. and valuing them. Well, you, you, I'll add to that because mm-hmm. what you're, what you're saying is a different way of saying what, what I would say about how do I get my kids to talk, and and I, I use this this word picture, this analogy of like the window of conversation. Mm-hmm. Every, every child has a window or a time when their window to talking is open mm. and they have times when the window is closed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and for some kids, their window of conversation is open during bedtime, mm-hmm. bedtime routine. Other kids, their window of conversation is open on the car ride home from school. Other kids, their window of conversation is open on the car ride to school, right? There's there's a window. And what happens sometimes is parents also have a window. Mom or dad like to talk to their kids, right? And so instead of trying to get your kids to talk when your window of conversation Mm. is open, parents need to figure out when is my child's window open and that's when I'm going to crawl through the window of conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And... So it's, it's kind of two questions I would have is when do they want to talk? That's the window. And yeah. what do they love to talk about? And the reason it's good to know what do they love to talk about is lead with that. Yeah. Like, like start the, sometimes we jump into, we were like too deep, too quick yeah. with our kids. Yeah. yeah. Right. As opposed to, well, I know my daughter loves to talk about soccer. Okay. Mm. Then lead with soccer when her window is open mm. Mm. And you'll be surprised at how easy it becomes to maybe transition the conversation into something that that you as a parent want to talk about. The better you are at that, the better you are at listening, Mm -hmm. the more likely then they'll become, they'll begin to initiate conversation. Mm -hmm. But again, 
they're going to initiate conversation when their window's open. Yeah. And mom and dad, here's the thing. If you have a child that initiates conversation, whether your window's open or closed, mm-hmm. you, you drop what you're doing, you open your window so that you guys can talk. That's good. Hey, not now. Can we talk about it later? That's, that's a mistake. Yeah. Mom and yeah. dad, that's a mistake to say, not right now. Can we talk about it later? Yeah. Um, unless the house is on fire, <laughs> you know, there's nothing else. There's, there's nothing else more pressing than your son or your daughter is initiating conversation. Yes. Um, and so open your window. Yeah. And it may not be like, you may think, oh my gosh, my, my window's closed and I don't have time to open the window. Um, but it may just be like a one minute conversation. It doesn't necessarily mean your kid is needing like, you know, they may get bored of you faster than you'll get right. bored of them. You might get more engaged and they're like, yeah, I'm done now. Right. You know, my window's closed again. Um, th- I love that advice because it's practically really shaped um, Sam and I's parenting as well. And we actually heard that with a slightly different illustration um, on a resource that's available on our Saddleback Parents website. I think there's these video clips that are called Parent Two-Minute Tips. Two-Minute Tips. Yeah, and I had heard about it from someone and I had just listened to it a few years back and there was one two-minute tip where someone talked about um, a clam opening up yep. and shutting. Yep. And that when the clam, it's like analogous to what you just talked yep. about, the window of opportunity. And that concept really stuck with me and it totally works. Yeah. It's really just so helpful in framing. And and Chris, what you were talking about starting off with listening is so powerful too. I just read um, like a little meme on Instagram today. I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was saying, like, be interested in what your kids are interested when they're little for the small stuff, because then when they're big, they'll come to you for the big stuff mm. because it's always been big stuff for them. Right. Right. So just kind right. of appreciating whatever the topic is, yeah. you know. Yeah. That- well, Grace, gosh, you just hit you just hit such an important piece of parenting wisdom. Um, as I say, you probably didn't even know. It, I know. But Tell you me. Probably, but you probably do know because you're, you're a great parent. <laughs> and that is. When you said that if you care about the little stuff, then they'll they'll know you care when the stuff's mm-hmm. bigger. And by the way, it's always been big to them. Yeah. I think one of the great wisdom of parenting little nuggets is remember, everything's big to your kids. Mm-hmm. So when your son is freaking out because his hair won't go the right direction, <laughs> right? It goes back to your validating yes, feelings. Right, right. Like, uh, we all know that... Whether your hair goes right, nobody's going to notice yeah. your hair is going the wrong direction. Yes. No, Wow, how awesome do you think you must be that yeah. everybody's going to be paying attention yeah. to what direction your hair is going, <laughs> yeah. right? But to him, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. When, yeah. when your daughter gets a pimple, it's a big deal to her. Oh, yeah. When they had a little spat with a friend yeah. and you want to say, don't worry about it. You're going to, tomorrow morning, you're going to be best friends again. Yeah. Just learn, hey, learn to, learn to shake it off. Yeah. It's a big deal to them. It is. And I think the more we can validate and recognize that the stuff our kids are going through, we know. Yeah. Looking in the rearview mirror, we know that most of it is very inconsequential. Right. To where they're headed. Right. right? But it matters to them mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And the more we can validate that and lean into that, then when the issues do become consequential. Yeah. We've earned the trust. We've earned the right. We've put the the relational chips in the pocket yeah. for us to lean in and go, hey, you know what? I, we need to talk about this. Yeah, that's and great. So anyway, I, I think we should cut there. I know we've got we've got a whole bucket load of questions from the survey. 
We're going to have a yeah. whole bunch more when you listeners email us at parents at saddleback.com. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I've, been, I've been chewing on that the whole time. You got it. Um, you redeemed parents yourself. At saddleback.com. Mm-hmm. Shoot us a question. Shoot us a topic of conversation that you'd love us to have here on Saddleback Parents. Chris, what are some of the other, where can they find our Instagram, our resources, Grace reference, the two minute tips? Yeah. Kind of give everybody where they can find us. Yeah, our website on purposeparents.com. Uh, also, Instagram, you can follow us at Saddleback Parents. And uh, if you text the word parents to the number 83,000, uh, we have weekly tips and encouragement that goes out oh, as well. Those are great. Cool. I've I've signed up and they're very, very helpful. Cool. Yeah. Very Just a good. quick little reminder. So, yeah. Thank awesome. you, everyone, for filling out that survey, sending the questions. We really feel them. We feel um, the stories behind them and, and the the questions and the struggles and the challenges that parents face. And we just want to remind you guys again that we are here for you. We're in your corner. We're your people. We want to hear from you and excited to continue this journey with you all. Thanks for joining the On Purpose Parents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on our Saddleback Parents YouTube channel, please like and leave a comment. Also, remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents, and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com, all created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.